it's man, it's just I'm super thankful, man. It's and it's just it's just music. I mean, we're just getting to write music for movies. Like that's just it's still I always I always uh, reference that that Keanu Reeves uh, video. Have you seen the one where he's doing the the uh, I forget what even what he was presenting, but he just gets on stage and he's like, I love movies. Have you seen that? Oh, I think he was so. like, I yeah. love making them and I love watching them. Yeah. Like I love because that's like how I feel. Like I read this interview with um, the director of Constantine. I, I never mm-hmm. saw that movie, but it's a it's a Keanu Reeves movie. Yep. The director was giving an interview, and he said that he'll never forget the day that they started shooting. They were they were on like a fifth floor or something. So he got to the building, and it, basically him and Keanu got to the building at the same time mm-hmm. to go up like for the first uh, the first day of shooting this thing. And they get into the elevator together. It's just the two of them. And he said Keanu like was like kind of like doing this hop thing. And he like punched him on the shoulder. He was like excited. Like, yeah, we're making movies, man. How cool is this? Like he was just so <laughs> excited to be making a movie. And he's been making movies like all his life. But yeah. he was still just like, can you believe we're like making a movie right now? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 my vibe. That's my energy. Hello, welcome, bienvenidos, ¿cómo estamos? My name is Marcelo Treviño and this is El Composer Podcast, a show about creating tracks that tell inspiring stories. Today's guest, American composer, multi-instrumentalist, most known as a keyboardist in the multi-Grammy Award-nominated band Under Oath. He joined the band in the year 2000 and after almost two decades and over one million albums sold, Chris is now bringing his incredible talent and style to the film scoring and media world in a way and sound that's uniquely his. His latest movie scored Bad Candy from director Scott B. Hansen is sweeping with prizes and accolades through some of the most important international film festivals. And quick update, since we recorded this episode, another film that Chris scored called God's Waiting Room just had its world premiere at Tribeca a few days ago on June 13th. So congrats, Chris. I can't wait to hear the score for that one. Okay. He's here. It's a pleasure to be able to chat with him today. How are you, Mr. Chris Dudley? Those are some big words, but I uh, I appreciate it, and I'm doing great. Very official. How was how was how was my intro? How was it was it good? <laughs> it, it was great. <laughs> I, uh, I I love the the idea that uh, multi Grammy nominated equals multi Grammy losing. Oh, wait, uh, that's, it's, it's nominated. Like, I, that, that, no, that that's our uh, that's our joke. Is we're like, oh man, we can't wait. I hope hopefully with this record we can lose another Grammy. But no, it's all, it's uh, all good. Well, nominations are amazing. I I'm mm. so happy to be chatting with you, sir. This is officially. Dude, it's great to do this. Yeah, I know. This is this is the, my first official uh, podcast in English, so I'm gonna be. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've done. Well, like, hopefully, it's hopefully it's a good one. <laughs> we've done uh, five. Well, the podcasts are coming out when when everybody listens to this. We'll be out with the store already and all that. I'll chat with you about all the um, the luchador audio stuff. Nice. When is this supposed to air? Everybody who hears this is uh, we're a month in the in the yeah. past for everyone. 
No, no, it's all good. I uh, was more just wanting to make sure what I uh, will be able to say and not based on. Of course. You, you, you know how all that stuff yeah, goes. So, yeah, yeah. A month from now. Okay, got yeah, it. Big NDAs <laughs> and other stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, that's my goal to be a month and a half from now. I'll still let you know. And if there's anything we have to cut out, we'll just cut it out. It's fine. We're we're all we're having coffee. We're fine. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, I got uh, I got coffee, but I didn't. Uh, I forgot to make fresh coffee. But there was uh, a half a pot sitting on my counter from Tuesday um, <laughs> that my wife didn't drink. So yeah. I poured it over ice, and now it's I'm iced all, coffee. Um, that's the I'm all caffeinated, so yeah. it's good. That's the that's the old. Uh, we're, I'll just add some ice to this coffee, and we'll be good for the next three. Yeah, I, I I love good coffee, but I'm also uh, I'm also not a snob about it. And uh, yeah, sometimes I'll just drink garbage because it happens to be around because I just need the caffeine. Well, it's so cool to have you here, caffeine caffe- caffeinated. What's how do you say it? Caffeinated. Uh, caffeinated. Caffeinated. Okay. That's yeah, a, that's a word I haven't used <laughs> in a long time. Caffeinated. It's good to have you here, caffeinated and. Um, there's so much stuff I want to uh, chat with you about. First of all, thank you for, for being here and thank you for everyone, everyone who's listening. Uh, this is uh, El Composer Podcast. My name is Marcelo Trevino and uh, we're here to chat about uh, building tracks that, uh, that tell stories. Hell yeah. It's really cool to talk with you about that stuff. Bad Candy. Yes. It's, it looks, the post, I haven't seen the movie, but it looks, it looks scary, man. It it's looks- a lot of fun. Like it's, oh man, it's, it's so fun. Like I'm a big, uh, Halloween and, yeah. uh, horror movie nerd in general. So, uh, when the director approached me about doing it, um, everything that he was saying was just ticking all the right yeah. boxes in my head. He, he, he told me that he wanted the film as a whole to feel like what Halloween felt like when you were 10 years old. Oh yeah. Like just that, like a, just kind of a magic, like uh scary, but like whimsical sort of thing. Yeah. And, fun. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. Super fun. Like, I mean, the, the movie gets really, really dark at points, but um, overall it's just, it's just a ton of fun. Uh, I got to go to a, a uh, cast and crew screening in Atlanta a couple weeks ago. And, you know, we got to see the the final edit and it's just, it's, I, it's one of those that I'm just excited for people to see. Yeah. And it's coming out uh, uh, this year, like right before Halloween, I think in September it's coming out. So okay. um, nice. it'll have a, yeah, limited uh, theatrical run and uh, I'm sure it'll be streaming a, a million places. You know how that goes these yeah, days. So. Of course. Well, it's a really exciting. How was your, uh, how was your approach? It's so, it's, it looks like so fitting for you in a way. It looks like you're maybe with talking to the director, you were like, oh, I'm so, I'm so ripe for this. I'm, I can't wait to get my, my hands in it when you, when, when I don't know, when you were like reading about it or talking with the director. Man, it's, uh, it was honestly a, a big swing for me because, uh, you know, a, a shift in how I, how I work. Cause the film that I did right before this, uh-huh. Or right before, right before Bad Candy was, um, it was like a, a depression era thriller. Like, um, takes place in the twenties. Like, you know, there's, you know, very gritty drama. So it was all, you know, a very dry, uh, interesting stringed instruments, headed instruments, wood instruments. Yep. Um, and then I jumped right into Bad Candy right after that, which was like, <laughs> you know, I was talking to the director. He wanted like lots of fun synth stuff and, you know, just, you know, really uneasy string things and, you know, yeah. and, you know, not, 
not going like super abstract with the score, but very just like, hey, we want this to feel the way that it looks, which is bright and loud okay. and, you know, just fun. Yeah. And uh, it was like, it, it was a it was a big shift in the way I was working, but it just felt really good. Um, it was fun to be able to lean into some of the tendencies that I generally try to stay away from. Like there were times when I was working on the film before, which, which was uh, called Whelm, mm -hmm. where stuff would be sounding, too, it would be interesting string stuff, but it would sound too scary, like okay. too on the nose minor. And I'm like, oh, I, it, it doesn't need to be scary. It needs to be tense. Like that, that was a thing that kept coming up in my head while I was doing Whelm was it needs to be tense, but not scary. And like, I kept accidentally veering into scary yeah. and then I would have to bring myself back. And then right when I jumped into bad candy, the director's like, no, like lean into it. Like we want <laughs> yeah. it like super scary. So Go for it. It's a big leap. Yeah. 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 It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine from going from, from Whelm to this, it was a big mental shift in how to approach the whole thing, but you were like, let's get loose. Let's just go, go for it. Yeah. And it was, it was, it felt really, really good. And then, uh, and then exactly the same thing happened with the film that, uh, came right after it. Uh, it's this film called God's Waiting Room. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, you know, just a very, a super interesting uh, drama. It takes place in Florida. Like, you know, it's this, you know, this young girl and, you know, trying to get out of her, you know, what she views as like a slow life. And then there's this convict who's released from prison and they're like, their stories are converging. And it was nothing like either of them, either of the films I had done before. So like, there's, I, I think because the stuff, Nothing that I've really done, no, no features that I've done have come out yet. The directors that I'm working with are just saying like, hey, do you want to do something that sounds like this? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do that. But it's going to be weird when these films come out because people are going to be like, wait, the same guy scored like yeah. <laughs> these like four movies? Like what? what is his like... Yeah, what's this angle? But I think that's good. It's yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a great thing also. It's a good it's a good jumping point because you're like, somebody can see it and be like, whoa, he can, he can just jump from one thing to another. And it's fine. I hope so. Yeah, because yeah, I, I want to do a lot. So, <laughs> of course. How was the, uh, this is a great transition from, um, how do you, I mean, you've been doing for, I mean, since the year 2000, um, since Christ of the Past, I believe. Mm -hmm. You've been doing uh, arranging for, for songwriting and songwriting and producing and doing that whole mindset around what the song has to go towards or what, it, what it's expressing and how, what's the transition from, from that skill of, of uh, composing or writing or instru doing instrumentation inside the, the song itself to the actual cue? How, how, have you found the, that transition to be, or the differences or parallels or? Um, lots of differences. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the big ones being that in the work that I'm doing in film, like the buck stops with me. It's like, it's yep. it, everything is mine. Whereas working in under oath, I'm one of six people. So I'll come up with, you know, a handful of ideas or I'll have an idea of where I think the song should go, but then it's worked out as a group. Like yep. I, I just chime in and say, Hey, what if we did this? And it's either like, yeah, that's great. Or no, I have a better idea. We'll do this thing. So when I started working in film, it was a little daunting because I'm sitting in my yeah. studio just being like, waiting for another voice to come in of like, wait, is, is this a good idea? Cause I think that when you're in a band, you, you lean on, you know, the people that you're in a band with and you trust mm -hmm. their, their judgment and their, their taste. But it's a little, it was, it was a big 
switch for me to go from that to just me in my studio with my instruments being like, okay, I'm just going to do this now. <laughs> How to approach um, this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also, obviously, another big change is just uh, needing to write, not even necessarily to picture, but for picture, because, yeah. you know, the director is saying, here's what this needs to feel like, rather than me just sitting down and saying, like, all right, what do I feel? Like, yeah. what's flowing out of me, man? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, I have to sit down and make something that feels like this. And that's, and as you know, that's a whole other skill set that I, thankfully has just kind of comes to me. And I'm, I'm thankful that, that was not something that boggled my mind. I was like, okay, I, I get what I need to do here. So it's it's been refining that skill over the past few years, and uh, you know, it's a constant learning process, as you know. Like mm-hmm. it, you're never you never have it figured out, and I think we kind of always feel like we don't have it figured out, and we're yeah. just trying to get by. So yeah, when yeah. they when they give you that that first uh, that's not going to be, of course, the final cut. They they send you that, and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to just do this. It's, it's yes. at, at the beginning is like, I have no idea how I'm going to solve this, Yeah, but it's in you. And we've seen enough, um, of, uh, movies and everything that we're, it's just inside us. And it's, a, it's just a matter of like going at it and finding, I get, well, at least for me, finding where stuff starts to fit and then start, yes. start building from there. Yeah. That happened actually, uh, when I was in pre-production for bad candy, mm-hmm. I read the script And I wrote a bunch, like I probably wrote 15, 18 cues just to the script. Oh, nice. Okay. And then I saw a rough cut of the film and I was like, oh, none of that stuff's going to work. Like <laughs> I had this idea yeah. of what I thought it needed to feel like. Yeah. And then once I actually saw a cut, I was like, oh, oh this, yeah, okay, yeah. this is what it needs to be. And it was, it was automatic, but yeah. you know, it, I, pro- nothing probably made me feel better than when I, I saw that uh, that Hans Zimmer masterclass, and he said, "Oh, I haven't seen it." With uh, of oh, course, it's, it's I get bombarded and advertised with it because that, of course, I mean, yeah. Tell me about it. It's so interesting that you've that yeah. You've I mean, it. it's uh, I mean, to be honest, for me, it, it didn't give me as much as I was hoping um, because there's a lot less of practical, uh, hands-on. Like, here is how I do this. It was very a lot more heady, a lot more. Yeah. Here's how you should approach the scene. Here's how you should, you know, communicate with the director. That sort of stuff. I wanted more like hands-on. Like, hey, yeah. like, what, what plugin do you use for this? Yeah. Like, let me see you create something. But he did say, show um, me your macros on on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the stuff I wanted. But it, that's yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, but he did say something to the effect of, you know, every movie that I start. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced I have no idea what to do. Like he 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 said the same thing you just said. He was like I I will watch a cut and then it's just I'm convinced I have no clue how to how to score this. But wow. okay. I ju- we just figured out. And granted, you know he's got he's got yeah. a leg up I think on all of us and yeah. in in a lot of ways. But um, it's it's nice to hear. It's his nice way of saying. I, it takes a few minutes to get going. It's like his 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 very yeah. polite way of saying, "I take a take it takes a couple of hours for me to start, you know, really going yeah. into it." Because he's he's been at it for for a while. He's, you know, yeah, and the rest of us it would take like similar, days. Yeah, and he's and, just like, "Oh, he just has to have a cup of coffee, and then he's got half the score." Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, we can ask we can ask people that know him, and then, and then yeah. for, for sure for <laughs> sure know if, if that comments uh, very for us, I guess. Yeah, for all other mortals. <laughs> Um, I played with a band for a while. I mean, I see a lot of similarities between you and me. That's why I feel like it's really cool to talk to you about this stuff. 
because I, I did film scoring in school, but then I toured with a band for seven years and and produced and, and worked on his albums. It was a hard rock band. And my role was precisely to to just kind of keep my piece of it working. I don't know how mm-hmm. to how to describe it. And then you go on stage and you have your, your, your job and you have to do what you have to do. And then during the album, you, you have your... But when you take on a project, like a whole thing, it's from scratch. You have to do all yeah. your all your notes, all your spotting, all your orchestration, all your everything. Yep. Even mixing. Are you mixing your stuff, right? I mean, I, for previews and demos and everything, there's a lot of mixing. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, yeah, all demos and early stuff, I'm mixing all of that. Um, Bad Candy, I mix the, the music to that. Um, Whelm, actually... Uh, we got some some people at Skywalker Sound involved, and they ended up wow. mixing Whelm, wow. which was which was huge for me because that was my first feature that I had done by myself. Yeah, and I was you know talking to them, and they're telling me like what they need and all the deliverables and everything. And then I heard it back, and I was just like, oh, oh man, God. I could not get yeah. this to sound this good at all. So <laughs> is that me? That was, like, did I do that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Wow. So that was really cool to be able to uh, work with them. Um, but yeah, I'm that's a uh, mixing is a skill that I am steadily trying to get better at. Like, I'm I, I have this weird thing where I mean, I, I'm sure you know, like, you're trying to like balance your time between actually working and then like learning. Like I I could sit down and spend a week just like honing in on different mixing techniques and stuff, but it's like, I'm working on a film right now and then I've got something else lined up right after this and it's a whole process. So I, uh, I was actually talking with another composer friend of mine a few nights ago about that. Um, he was just saying how he wants to take, uh, piano lessons and he wants to just get better, but he's like, but I'm working like I, I, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a balance. Yeah, I have a couple of courses that I've spent money on that I haven't uh, had a chance to open. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> like, oh, I really need to get on that mixing whatever course, and and it's just what in particular, which uh, which ones are you looking at? I switched to Cubase from I was a digital performer guy for uh, forever since okay. since my uh, Berkeley days, and before that, I used the digital performer, and then in the last three months, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna I need to I need to jump up from. Well, Ooh, I, I, wow. I, I say jump up because to me, it's like a combo between Logic and DP, mm-hmm. uh, Cubase, I mean. Yeah. And uh, and I started studying. I took actually a couple courses and uh, on Groove 3 and all those great sites where they have a bunch of courses. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell them we mentioned them if they want to sponsor there you us. Go. Yeah, there, there you go. There, there <laughs> we go. Podcasting. <laughs> one-on-one for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, on, on those guys. And I started seeing how, how powerful it was. And uh, I just felt like it had more of a, like a fluent vibe to it. And I, I've never used Cubase before. I used Logic for a long time um, and then switched back to DP. So that mm. was, I've, I've been studying uh, that for a while. Like I have a couple of courses, uh, a, a sound design course for Cubase, a mixing course for Cubase. I already did my basic one. So I'm running, I'm running on Cubase now. I'm scared nice. of starting a, a new project on Cubase a little bit because I'm so, you, my template and you know how it is, you set up everything and, yep. and you can't really move anything for a couple of years when you're working on, on something or even during a movie, you set up yep. something and then you're in there, you don't want to like update your, OS or anything, um, yeah. So I'm I'm hopefully crossing fingers that we we uh, start, I start working on a on another show soon or or new episodes of of one show that I've been working on, and uh, I'm I'm gonna have to decide if I'm gonna like just jump in to Cubase 
just in general? Yeah, I uh, I switched over. Uh, I think it was like late 2018. Uh-huh. I switched to Logic from Pro Tools. I worked in Pro Tools forever. Like forever. that was my first DAW. Yeah. Um, but then once I started doing stuff for film, um, I was just having all kinds of problem working with video in my mm-hmm. session. Like I was having to transfer video into this Avid codec, yeah. which isn't a big deal, but the, at the time the trans to transfer into the codec took as long as the piece was. Yeah. <laughs> so if I got a 45 minute section of a film sent to me, I would have to sit there and wait 45 minutes before I could start yeah, working. And I was crazy. kind of looking, I was looking ahead years and I was like, how much of my life am I going to waste just waiting for stuff to transfer if yeah. I stick with pro tools? So um, I decided to go to logic, you know, cause for me, it just, it just makes so much more sense. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're, uh, doing a lot of orchestrating and, and creating within, uh, the DAW. So it's, it's, yeah, I, I love it. It's great. It's super but, powerful. Uh, yeah, it, it is. But I think we're also at a point now where like you can, every DAW is good. Yeah. Like there is not a DAW now that it's like, oh, you're working on that. It's like, it's like Ableton, Pro Tools, Logic, Cubase. Like they're all great. They're all pro level. It's just a matter of the one that you get really good at. So, and you feel comfortable and you identify with it. If you want to get more, more philosophical about it, uh, it's whatever you feel most, most uh, identified with. Yep. Uh, I've always heard from, from composers, uh, this whole, um, it's just very much how I think in terms of the DAW, and mm-hmm. that's how kind of they relate, and like it works the way my brain works, and that's mm-hmm. that's how you connect with. Oh, if I drag this, I don't know. There, there's this intricacy of like connecting with the DAW, and when I jump back into Logic for whatever reason or Pro Tools, I'm always like, oh, okay, yeah, but I don't know. It just feels more intuitive. In one hundred percent, yeah, I, I completely feel that way with with Logic as opposed to Pro Tools. Like Pro Tools is great for some stuff, but for actually creating logic, just like it just makes sense in my brain. But then I look at something like Ableton that is so damn powerful. But when I try to use it, I'm just like, I don't get this at all. Like it just, none of it, none of it works with me. So yeah, maybe it is a little heady, but you know, I don't want to say like, Oh, logic speaks to me. But like when I'm working in logic, I'm like, Oh, this just works for me, you know? So yeah. Yeah, there's, there's just a, there's, you could say they have their personalities, I guess. Yes. Yes. A, a weird way to say it. Let me just ask you. I'm astounded by the sounds that that come from your world, uh, just with demos that that we've done and stuff that I've listened to mm-hmm. for Under Oath and on your site. I listened to some of the tracks from um, from some um, mm-hmm. some scores. What is your what is your approach to textures and sound design when you when you hear a cue and you know where you have to go. What do you pull up first? What do you look for? Are you more of a melody first kind of guy, or harmony kind, or more of inspired by the sound? Do you know what I mean? Like, Because yeah. I, I do I do both. I'm like, sometimes I jump in with a percussion and that gets me going because of the type of whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, what, how, what have you found that, it's, uh, that works for you? So I would say historically, I'm a lot more sound oriented. Like I'll yeah. hear a sound... And that will kind of dictate where a piece will go. Okay. I'll, I'll hear just something, whether it's like a synth or a drum or, uh, you know, some random patch. And it, I'll and it clicks. Like, oh, you, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, you know what would be cool with this is, you know, I'll change the sound to make it sound like this. And then, yeah. you know, go from there. More recently, I've been 
messing around more with uh, just starting on piano. Okay. And, you know, getting something that stands on its own really well, just playing it on a piano. And then I find if I take that performance and then I basically sp- what I like to do is I'll, I'll record a performance in MIDI and then I'll bring it in and I'll split the MIDI up into different sections and mm-hmm. assign some sections of the MIDI to different sounds. Yeah. So, you know, I'll experiment with, Oh, well, what if the low stuff, the low octaves on the piano, I actually bring those up a couple octaves and those are string things or mm-hmm. whatever. And then maybe the melody is like a, maybe a music box or something like that. Um, I just love experimenting and getting stuff that sounds really, really cool. I love, um, I love trying to see how gross I can get something to sound. Like if I <laughs> okay. hear, yeah, like if I hear a sound, I'm like, I, my tendency is always, that sounds great, but what if we like nard it up a little bit, like got it a little more gritty, just gross, you know, made it a little more gross. Um, so I, I would say that's my tendency, but I also just am a sucker for a beautiful wide drone with something behind it. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I love that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of cliche, but I'll say it, you know, it's just, it's different for whatever yeah. I, I need to create. You know, if it's something that needs to be high energy, I'll tend to start with a, you know, with a percussion thing. Um, you know, if it's something that needs to be, you know, very melancholy, you know, a lot of times I'll start with a, a, a piano thing or, a, um, you know, maybe like a, a, a warm synth or something, you know, I mean, you know, everybody's kind of got their own yeah. their vibe way of, with it, way, but, way of getting to it. Yeah. 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 But, but what I've also found is a lot of times what I start out trying to do isn't what ends up happening at the end, it's, it'll take a left turn. And, you know, sometimes what, when I get done, it actually doesn't work for what I was trying to do, mm-hmm. but I'm like, Oh, this thing is great for this other yeah. idea that I had, or this other scene that I have to, to work with. So when I worked with a uh, Brian Carson, a composer here in, in Vancouver on animation, he had done it for so many years. And I was just learning the, that very specific type of composing for those type of shows. He had this thing of, uh, he writes this big piece in the beginning of the show, but not as excited as he knew it could be. Do you know, I don't know if I can ex- mm-hmm. like with not. It, it doesn't pump up or have them as much energy as it could. He like kept it, mm-hmm. and then a- after a while, I just figured well, he's spending a lot of time on that part, on those, t- and it, it turned out that he was always thinking ahead and be like, "Oh, I'm going to bring that back near the end, that kind of mm-hmm. theme, that the thing." So he was building things based on where he wanted to go and at the end of the episode. And then mm-hmm. he'd, he'd grab from there, move stuff around, and then sometimes even that beginning of the piece, he just strip it down to like two or three things from what it started and all those other mm-hmm. things went to the back. I don't know if I'm explaining myself. No, no, but it, it makes complete sense. It yeah. was He was like piecing together the uh, energy throughout the show, like the, the, the scale of it as, it as it went by. And it was just amazing to me how he moved stuff around. Like he was. That's also a great use of resources. Yeah, yeah, great use of resources and time too. Because depending on how much time you have to complete the episode, it might be a thing where you're like, "Hey, I only have time to write one big piece, so I need to make this stretch over thirty minutes or something." Yeah, he was arranging two or three cues at the same time when writing one because he knew there were other moments where he was gonna go back to that moment or theme or whatever was happening in the in the story. That was a that was a big big learning moment for me. I'm like, "Oh, okay. 
Is that something that you have kind of co-opted and do you do yeah. that now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's it's when you go into uh, the the episode or the or the movie, you're like, okay, well this happens. So that this person's going through this and he's going to solve this and he's going to touch on these issues way way back. So I might want to go back into this. But sometimes you do. You build something and then by the end or your director's like, "Oh, you, there's too much. It just sounds too big at the beginning." And you're like, oh yeah, I, I, I that that's my lesson from from Brian. I should have kept that simple and then build up to, you know, it, yeah. it it's a it's a cool thing to to keep in mind just for well on 22 minute things, right? Yeah, because your your movies are like three big acts and and stuff. Yeah, it, no, was, I that's that's all super interesting to me though because I've uh, you know I've never worked on something uh, like like on short episodic things like that. So I yeah. love getting an, uh, an, an insight into how that process goes. Yeah. It's, it's cool on things that are 12, 13 episodes per season. Um, it's cool to bring stuff back from mm -hmm. uh, like develop big themes throughout. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I know this is going to be a character that's going to be throughout. So you keep building, like I, sometimes I go back to like episode two and I'm how big did I do that? Like I need to go a little bit bigger than that when I when he comes in, and then a little bit bigger with that two episodes from now, and then a little bit bigger. So you you mm -hmm. you kind of try to scale the the big picture, like the little like the twenty two minute one into twelve. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a weird weird thing. It's not something you write down and jot down. You kind of start. It's just something you kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I, I I love that. It's and and honestly, to me, before having this conversation, that idea would kind of be foreign. The idea of like, oh yeah, like take one thing and then break it up and spread it you know, throughout an episode, but yeah. that totally makes sense now that you're saying it. Oh yeah. And sometimes, sometimes putting stuff up uh, upside down and like backwards and stuff. <laughs> that also works really cool. It's like at the beginning you write something for, I'm, I'm just, I'm just making a scenario up, but like you write something for like a character. This is a fun thing that I, that I got to do once on a, on a movie, write something for one character that's happening. And then that thing goes awry. And then you kind of write back on like something backwards and you try to, the melody's like upside down, so there's there's a there's a feeling of that motif there and that thing there, but nothing's kind of right. And then when is things, that a thing? Yeah, to, to, I guess to kind of zoom in on that a little bit, is that something where you'll literally just take the MIDI and invert it? You could. I I just I what I did on in, in that specific, I kind of wrote around like I listened to the thing and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna start with the. The, the end part of it and then play mm -hmm. the middle part of it not exactly upside down like reversed yeah yeah but maybe start with the end part of the motif and then maybe play the middle part of the motif that's and cool then play, like just mix up the the, the verse intro choruses of your theme in yeah, different yeah. different sections and that sounds weird it's just it's just like you're not playing but it's when i mean it depends so much on the situation but it's cool things that once you have your your little melody there's so many things that that everybody can just do like put forth and back and move around. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. But it's a, it's That's a, cool. it's, it's always, there's always something new to try with, um, how did you do with your, with your themes and stuff? How, how did you feel about, uh, writing thematic stuff for the last couple of movies? Yeah. So, uh, it's interesting cause, um, with, with bad candy in particular, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, different vignettes. Okay. So there's really only like one recurring okay. character in the film that goes throughout. There's like four and, stories that are told that I, uh, ish. Yeah. Ish. Like it's, okay. it's, it's like a, yeah, there's like a, uh, it's like a radio station. Radio station. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that, you know, telling these things on Halloween and there's these stories that are happening simultaneously. Okay. And then I kind of all comes together in the end. So, um, 
you know, there's there's one character that kind of goes throughout that I I knew kind of right off the top what that character was going to sound like. So I, you know, I kind of brought that in. But everything else in that film in particular was um, very for the part. It's like, okay, like, what do we want this part to feel like? There wasn't a ton of thematic stuff because you'd have a character that would be there for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, then they would they would be gone. So like, I was more trying to keep the instrumentation similar throughout. So okay. it like, you know, even though you had these these stories that were happening in different places kind of sort of at the same time, it, it all kind of felt like it was in the same world. Um, so that was, uh, that was really cool. Honestly, I liked it. I liked specifically with the one character being able to come back and figure out different ways to, uh, to approach that, that feeling of that character. Cause it's a, you know, it was an a instrument that I had, I had built and sampled, um, and then, you know, just being able to mangle that was, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. What were you playing on Instagram the other day? This, um, electric speaking of, of, um, connecting, oh. creating sounds. What is it? What is that called? I, I've never seen it before. So it's this, okay. um, it, I don't know if this is going to be a video thing or it's probably not. No. But, um, we'll put it, a uh, picture. Yeah. So I, yeah, you can, you can insert a picture. Um, yeah. Artifone makes it, um, okay. it's called an, it's called an instrument one Okay. and it's, uh, it's an MPE controller, but it's set up to where you can play it like a guitar. Like, nice. so I got it initially because I had had some really interesting guitar samples that I wanted to experiment with, but I wanted to see what it would be like to actually like play them like a guitar and see how that would feel. Yep. Uh, and it's really cool. Um, but I've since dove a little more into, um, playing different stringed instruments on it and just, you know, hearing how, you know, a cello feels on it or, you know, how, uh, you know, a mandolin or whatever. Um, but then also you can use it just for, you know, drums or synth or whatever. And I kind of, I kind of use it because it's set up like a, like a guitar fretboard. I kind of use it as like a, like a habit breaker because if I, if I sit down at a, at a keyboard, Mm -hmm. I have my tendencies of where I'm going to put my fingers, what keys I'm going to go in. Yeah, exactly. So when I break this thing out, it's almost like a clean slate and I just start kind of putting my fingers around and then my ear tells me where to go rather than, my fingers just doing what they normally do. If that makes sense, of course, yeah. I've had yeah, that happen. Actually, you always start looking yeah. for for forever. I've wanted to get just a drum pad because I'd, yeah. I'd feel like oh, I have so much percussion that I that I do, and it would just be fun to just bang on something. And I, yes. I'm I'm guessing that would be amazing to just. But I I haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> but yeah, actually, um, I have this thing. You know, put a picture up of this. Yeah, or not, well, but of course, this thing is a is a huge. Uh, lifesaver for me it's called a it's called a morph by senzel have you seen this thing no the first time I've seen okay it. we'll put so, links we'll put links up to all, all of this yeah, yeah yeah this thing is amazing because it has these if you can see it's it's a hot swappable magnetic rubber interfaces wow um and that looks futuristic that looks like a like a weird futuristic ipad Dude, it's amazing. Um, but the thing is, this is hot swappable. So like this, I have a Buchla overlay, a Buchla Thunder overlay to where it's laid out like a Buchla. But then um, there, I also have a drum pad overlay. I have a piano overlay. So there could be a thing where 
I am playing this, you know, Buchla thing as a Buchla or a different synth or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to, you know, put this percussion part with it. So I'll select my percussion track. Mm -hmm. I will take this off. I put the percussion one on. And then as soon as you put it on, it recognizes that, oh, this is now a drum machine and it remaps everything to these pads that are set up as a drum machine. Wow. And then if I take that off and I put the piano one on, it recognizes and says, oh, this is a this is a keyboard now and I can play it like a piano. It's so wild wow. and I love it so much. Um, and, it, you know, it's kind of just going back to habit-breaking pieces of tech. Like, that's a big one for me. I always have it just sitting right next to me because... Um, Sometimes if, I, if I'm stuck, I'll just move over to this. I'm like, okay, like what does this kind of feel like? And that that's a a, a big thing for me. Is it is it Bluetooth? Yeah, yeah, it's Bluetooth. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's yeah wireless, or you can use it wired if you want. Um, but I for, I prefer to keep it wireless personally. It's, it's strange. I've never seen it before. Oh, you should. Uh, when you look it up, you're gonna be like, "Oh, damn! I gotta get one." Of yeah, those you know. It's, like, it's really right now, cool. I was thinking, "Oh, I don't want to spend any more money on this." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that right? looks amazing. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm. Uh, I think I'm about to order the uh, the Polybrute, the Arturia Polybrute. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm um, speaking of not wanting to spend money. I'm yeah. just waiting to pull the trigger on it. But gosh, <laughs> that thing looks so sick. I know it looks like. Uh, tell me about you did a really cool video. We'll we'll put a link to that in the in the uh, podcast um, page for the uh, labs. All the free uh, instruments for uh, Spitfire. Well, yeah. was it only was it only labs or no? No, it was mostly not labs. It was uh, oh okay. Uh, yeah, so basically, um, uh, I had been talking with Spitfire, and you know, we had we had been chatting about you know potentially doing some sort of video. Um, I loved and, the video. It was a while back. Oh, thank you, we'll, we'll thank put, you. I we'll I put the link. Yeah, yeah. yeah I I really there's been a lot of people that have reached out and said that it was helpful. But you know, I when I was talking to them about it, I said I I think that what Labs is doing is such an amazing initiative, uh -huh. and it's opening up this world of sounds and and instruments to people that would not normally have them. Mm -hmm. So I approached them and I said, Hey, like, what if I just did a video highlighting all of the best free instruments on the internet period you know obviously labs would be yep. at the forefront of that in my opinion um and they were like just totally cool about it they were like you know put some lab stuff in there if, if you want but you know we just want this because we think this would be a good asset for people yeah you know because they were just wanting to get into doing more stuff you know obviously with quarantine and everything they're like mm -hmm. you know let's just get composers talking from their studios about what you know, is interesting. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I think it, I went on for, I think like an hour, it was a live YouTube thing. Mm -hmm. So I got to, you know, answer questions and talk to people. And I wrote a cue that was made 100% from free instruments that you can get online. And then I also linked to all of the instruments in the, in the body of the, uh, the YouTube video. So, uh, it's, it, I'm really happy I did that. Uh, a because it was fun, but also because there's been so many people that have reached out and said that yeah. they didn't know about half of the stuff that was on there. So that's yeah. amazing. Yo, those kinds of resources can change your month. I mean, you're you're just oh. working on something, and then you find something like that, and you're off to the races with something. One hundred percent. Yep. And we're gonna yep. put the link on download so everybody can check that out. How was awesome. uh, How did? How was the? the this is a weird uh, side question, but how was the streaming part of it for you? the the whole video audio 
uh, connecting because you know that's something that's that's been growing considerably with with the quarantine in terms of yeah. uh, getting your stuff out there, collaborating, talking to people. Um, mm -hmm. How how was that experience for you? Have you done much of that? Life. I had not done any of that. Okay. Um, and wow, that's so a I big. Kind of, <laughs> that's a big first yeah. project for yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they were like, oh, you know, you well, you can take over the Spitfire YouTube page and just stream live from your house. And I was like, okay, let me figure out how to do this. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, I figured it out. Um, and actually, after I got done, uh, I created a document for Spitfire to be able to send out to other composers to be like, hey, this is how I did it. Because I, I used my phone as my camera. Oh, okay. Uh, my iPhone was the camera. And then I just, you know, ran that through OBS. Okay. Um, and, uh, and they were like, oh, that turned out great. Like, how did you do that? So I just detailed this whole document and sent it to them. I'm like, if you have anybody else who wants to do this, here's, here's how I did it. So um, it was a little bit of a learning curve. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it was probably like a day or two of me just troubleshooting, trying to figure out why sample rates weren't working and uh, why, uh, you know, why the video didn't look the way I wanted, why YouTube was lagging, like whatever. Yeah. Did you But, run from uh, one, room, one room to another to listen to what the audio was sounding yeah, like? Yeah, <laughs> I was, I, I was just kept doing all these like test videos to make sure everything was working. And, yeah. um, and I, it was actually cool because I got to... Uh, I got to work with a couple composers after that, just getting them ready for their, uh, their things they were doing for Spitfire. So I would just be in touch with them and like, Hey, like this isn't working. Like what would cause that? And I'm like, Oh, I know that because I had <laughs> that problem. Setting it is. No, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So there was a lot of that. Uh, there, there's this, uh, uh, composer Patrick care that I got to work with. He, he was out. That was a ton of fun. And then, uh, yeah, a, a couple other people, but it was, yeah, it was, It was it was a, a fun experience. Overall. Yeah, it turned out to be like a great project, great learning experience for for again yeah, for others. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Also. Yeah, and speaking of uh, plugins and <laughs> instruments, ooh, ooh, um, yeah. Um, what do you think of loops and stuff? Because I'm that's what we're trying to um, do. It. I told you a little bit about the store, the Luchador Audio Store. We want to do a bunch of like loops and sample instruments, and we, we started producing one of our packs, which should be. Oh, this is sponsored by, I guess. I'm talking about... Oh, so oh, sponsor, sponsored by. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it started to sound like I was like advertising. Well, yeah, stuff should be out by now anyway. But um, my, my um, what's your approach? Because now I know, I mean, when we when we started, you could drag something in, but that was most what you could do with it. But now you mm -hmm. can turn a drum pad, I mean, a drum loop into a pad and you can switch it up and like just program over an audio pad. I mean, the, the tools are just insane now. Yeah, so the way that I usually approach that stuff is, um, you know, if I if I have a loop or you know something that's sampled, like a, something I get from a sample pack. Yep. Um, so much of what I get out of that is just like going through the sounds until, like, like I was talking about earlier with just how a sound will just like like yeah. spark something. Mm -hmm. I'll go through. And I'll be like, oh, wait a second. What yeah. if I took that drum, but instead of it doing this, I'll pull it into contact and I'll make it do that. And yeah. it'll just like spark something. So I'm always getting new sounds from from anywhere. Like if, if there's some random company I've never heard of that has like this pack of in, you know interesting samples, I'll just get it. And then until and something always gets yeah. sparked. Oh, I'll be sending you, I'll be sending you everything. Everything, oh, that, I, I can't everything wait. that we do, I'll be sending you. Oh, I can, yeah, I can't wait. It's, Give me your feedback and stuff. Yeah, I think things spark other... I mean, you pull something in and then you just add 
make like a filter or something and then you're cutting stuff up and then after a while you're like yeah that doesn't work or oh that totally gets me to where i wanted to go so i mean it's changed so much yeah or you'll pull you'll pull something in you'll build something around it and then you realize oh well that that initial thing that i pulled in i don't even need that let yeah. me let me you know pull, put this other thing there instead like to me it's all about just sparking that idea and figuring out you know, where to go from where you're at. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I've got, you know, uh, some, uh, some people that I will get samples from, like they'll, they'll just, you know, do random samples of, you know, uh, modular setups or drums or whatever. And I'll just like stockpile all those. And then if I'm looking for some sort of inspiration, I'll just be like, all right, here, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pull this in and then I'll make my own instrument out of it. And I love, doing that and then sending the instruments that I make to the people that I got the sounds from. And I'll be like, Hey, here's this thing that I made out of. And they're like, Oh, <laughs> nice. I didn't, okay. I didn't think of using it that way. So yeah. Yeah. yeah well, there's, there's a, uh, there, there's just so many, I mean, when you go into just, I mean, now that I'm studying Cubase, you go in there and the, just the sample uh, track, the sampler track, it's just, mm -hmm. do you have so much stuff in there? It just like, you just grab something and you're playing it like full, just full keyboard. And that's yep. that's something that just is kind of unthinkable when kind of when we started trying to get sounds into our records. Now it's like, yep. oh, just pull that in and just have, drag it yeah, in. Yeah, and I have crazy. it on every and note. It's wild. It's just yeah. I um I work a lot in contact. Um, that's really like my my go to sampler, and um the 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 ease in which you can do stuff in there is crazy because there'll be so so many times where I'll just have like a note on my phone, like something I just recorded and then I'll just airdrop that file to my laptop and then just drag it into contact. And it'll go from like my phone to a fully fledged contact instrument in like less than a minute. And I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, I, I love it though. We went up to a uh, Whistler to we're, we're like, um, I live in Squamish, which is uh, close to Vancouver, but it's 40 mm -hmm. minutes from Whistler. It's a big skiing uh, area. And uh, I was up there and our kids were sledding and blah, and I was just pulling out my phone. There's this big snow machine that was just like, it's just, just giving everybody the, the ambience, right? But mm -hmm. it had this big hum and I'm like, oh, I'm definitely using that. And, and so I'm like, I'm the guy, I'm the weird guy crossing the, the yellow line of don't get close to the machine with his oh, yeah. iPhone pulled out and the security guard's just looking at me like, why are you recording? Why are you uh, I, taking a picture, yeah. <laughs> taking a, a selfie with a snow machine? And I, I've still got to drop that in and try to make a pad, like an ice cold, weird pad. Yeah. With a, yeah. What's uh, What's funny is I did a similar thing um, when I was in pre-production for Bad Candy. Um, I there uh, In Florida, we've got uh, Universal Studios yeah. and they have a thing called Halloween Horror Nights, which is basically like the premier Halloween event yeah. in the world. And I went there with my wife and I just kept hearing these, these sounds like they would just be like a, you know, some, some crunching thing or like some scary ambience coming from this thing. And I was just like, had my phone out the whole time and just wishing that I had a proper field recorder. I was like, oh man, if I had something that could record in like 192, yeah. that'd be so sick. But <laughs> yeah, well, you Universal, know. Universal is the, uh, the tradition of monsters and stuff. Like they're the, they're the big yeah. monster studio, like in the early yeah. days. So that's very appropriate of them to have that kind of screaming oh, and haunting. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, that just on a complete side note, that yeah. the Halloween Horror Nights is like I look forward to that every year, and it <laughs> didn't happen in 2020, obviously, but I got my fingers crossed for this year. Okay, quick question for you: uh, Somebody comes up to you and goes, uh, "I can only learn one plugin this this month, 
And I mean, one um, one dynamic thing. Would you go a compressor? Would you go um, uh, EQ limiter? Like, what what's your first? What do you think is a number one thing you, people should kind of get mastered on? Because we mm. we always as composers. We always get late to the plug-in EQ compression party. I think most of the yeah. composers I know are like, no, I started mixing and, and uh, EQing and compressing stuff way after the whole writing music part of it. So uh, when somebody comes up, be like, oh, man, I should just get into what's your first go-to? Um, I really think that getting a good handle on EQ is yeah. probably... That's going to be the thing that's going to take you the furthest if you're if you're zooming in on like one piece of dynamics, um, you know, because I think for me, just when I recognized what just cutting out anything like close to 20 hertz on every track, like what that would do for my quality of sound, I was like, oh, man. But then like, you know, obviously, you know, you get way deeper into it and you realize, especially if you have something like FabFilter, yep. uh, the Pro EQ that what you're able to do with it being a dynamic EQ that you can just shape so much just in the EQ. You know, if you have a sound that doesn't work for you, you can almost make anything work if you're able to get the that part of it frequency where you, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I do, I'll just do it all the time where I'm like, man, like there's this frequency that just keeps popping out of this mix and I don't like it. And I'll just like, I'll find the little frequency thing and it'll, yeah. I'll make a little dynamic thing to where that just never pops up. And it feels like magic sometimes, but yeah. I, yeah, I love it. EQ. Yeah, definitely. That's helped so much in the past when you're adding layers and layers and layers. And at one point you're like, oh man, I, I wrote this really cool synth thing and it's not coming through. Well, of course you've got 20,000 other things on that frequency and, and they're just yep. not collaborating. So that's yep. a, that's a great EQ question. Okay, yeah. so uh, what's coming up? What's coming up for you? I mean, we'll we'll uh, uh, definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna start plugging the um, your your site, of course. Chris Dudley Music, uh, Chris Under Oath on Instagram, and of course, if you go to Under Oath Observatory, you can find and purchase uh, live stream performance recorded on July 31st, 2020, of they're only chasing safety. How was that? That looks and sounds amazing, Chris. That's, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We did, uh, that was, we, we actually did three performances, uh, three records all the way through. And yeah. um, it was very nerve wracking. Okay. Uh, but it was a great experience. Like we, you know, we put a ton of time and honestly a ton of money into it because we wanted it to be at a, at a, it's it looks and that. sounds amazing. And I, I, awesome, I spent, thank you. I spent like a whole afternoon just like, oh man, I have to get to work, and I'm still looking at these <laughs> on, uh, on the on these videos. And um, yeah, Under Oath Observatory. Uh, so it was a, it was a whole how how much time did you have to prepare for that? Oh uh, well, I mean, we did it. Uh, yeah, I think it was in July. Mm -hmm. um, we probably were working on it for probably like a month and a half, um, you know, cause we had seen, uh, you know, some other bands do live streams and we weren't really like feeling the idea because we were like, well, if that's what it, it if that's what this is, then, you know, we don't really want to do that. Cause we didn't feel like there was like a, a, there, there wasn't a vibe and yeah, everything kind of felt stale, um, that we had seen. And then we just, uh, you know, we sat down and we figured out a way that we could do it to where it didn't feel that way. And we, 
you know, brought a, you know, brought some great creative people in to, to collaborate with. And, but the energy um, is, yeah. the energy is so amazing. Like it. Awesome. Feels, Thank you. That yeah. was our whole thing. That was the, the main thing is we wanted it to feel good. Um, you know, cause it's really easy if you're, you know, playing on a stage to a, an invisible audience that's not there yeah. and you're filming it from the front, like that can, you know, it's easy to make that feel. Yeah, after so many years of feeding, feeding of actual, actual screaming people, it's tough yes, to, it's yeah. tough to translate because it's, it's a, it's a kind of a kinship uh, reaction from audience uh, concert goer to performer that, that just translates uh, very naturally. And you learn yeah. how to like, perform on stage based on that energy so having yeah, that yeah. stripped away and just you're having to deep 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 um deep search that uh feeling inside inside you of remembering yeah, how that it, feels like i guess yeah I what know. we what we found was like what we realized is one of the reasons why we felt a lot of the things that we had seen felt stilted was because you know they were playing on a you know, on a regular stage and okay. there was a camera set up where the audience would be, but we know there's not an audience and they know there's not an audience and right. everybody watching knows there's not an audience. So we had this idea of creating this round arena and we're basically playing to each other. So like, it's, it's not like we're like performing to this blank wall. Yeah. It's like we're in this circle and like, so we're kind of able to feed off of each other. And yeah. it kind of felt like a, like a practice, but also like a music video at the same time. And yeah, like a jam. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were kind of able to feed off each other, and that that felt really good. You know, we were we were real happy with how that turned out. Um, so that's yeah, that's out. Um, the video's out for that. Uh, you can you can buy that, or um, the audio for all of those is streaming wherever yeah. stuff is streamed. Yeah. Um, you can get the audio and video at the at Under Oath Observatory. Com. If you're into that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Or you can just get stream the audio for free. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know you mentioned um, uh, NDAs and stuff, and I know you might not be able to talk about stuff that's coming up, but what's coming up that we can check out for, for you in terms of scoring and stuff? I'm interested in, do you have a, uh, oh, well, my questions are all over, all over the place. Um, do you, are you, is there going to be scores, like uh, digital scores to stream for some of these last movies? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot happening Soundtracks. this year. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. It's all going to be out. Um, there, there's a lot happening this year with these films being sold and then released. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's different distribution, uh, paths for each film, obviously. So I'm yep. in a waiting game with most of it, just getting an okay from directors and also getting release dates okay. and, All of that. One of the films that I did uh, got into a really big fest, which I'm very, very pumped about. Um, but I'm, we're not allowed to announce it of yet, course. and yeah. won't be able to announce it by the time this is out. I don't think, but I'll be super vocal about it when we're able to announce it. So that, yeah, that film is going to be coming out this year. Uh, Bad Candy's coming out this year. I'm actually just starting pre-production on my next one uh, called Peace in the Valley, which I also believe is coming out this year. Um, and then Whelm, I also believe is coming out this year. Oh, so man. it's going it's it's to be, be a, a big a drop. Lot. Yeah. And uh, we actually just finished the uh, the new Under Oath record um, like a week and a half ago. So wow. that will be, I don't know when that's coming out. We're, we're still trying to, um, we're, we're trying to feel out when that's going to be coming out. Am I getting uh, an exclusive notice of, 
of uh, uh, maybe I, I, I don't know. I'm in a weird spot where I don't know what I'm, what, as far as that goes, I don't know what I'm like, I, I guess I'm allowed to talk about anything I want. Yeah. I mean, it's my band, but we yeah. still have, uh, we still have a month to go before we release all our, all our episodes for the podcast. So we'll just make sure that everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm sure that's something that can be put out. We're not like keeping it a secret that we're done with it. It's okay. more so we just don't have a release date because we haven't figured out when we want it to come out yet. Is it, so. is it mixed? No, no. Okay. No, it, it, I think it's going to mix like maybe next week. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. Very, very pumped on it. We, we worked, we worked super hard on it. It's, uh, you know, like we just got done with it. We were actually supposed to record it early in 2020 because we had a tour, uh, with Slipknot booked for the summer of 2020 yeah. and then, um, COVID happened and, you know, initially we had planned on trying to get the, at least a song out prior to that tour. But then once COVID happened, we were like, oh, we don't have to record at all. Like, let's just sit on these songs. We did. And it was a really good thing that we did because, um, uh, the, all of the songs were better for the time that we were able to step away from them. So I'm okay. yeah, really stoked on them. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a good, uh, takeaway from a very difficult yeah. and strange and weird time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, what about, what about you? I know this, uh, I know you're like the host and all, but what do you, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have, uh, <laughs> coming up that you're allowed to talk about. Well, uh, there, um, we're still, we're still waiting on Netflix to give us, uh, a, a yes or no on another couple of seasons, hopefully. On the last kids, if they on don't Earth. say yes. They're stupid. <laughs> that show is so good. You like it? Uh, oh yeah, me, me and my son watch it all. It's my, it's my son's favorite show. Period. Like oh, nice. every morning, he comes into our bed and he grabs the. Well, like he wakes up before us. He comes in. He grabs the remote. He knows how to find Last Kids on Earth, and he just sits and watches it. And that, yeah, that's like his favorite show. So you tell Netflix that I said my son wants. Yeah, my son's going to be sad if they don't if they don't pull it back. <laughs> well, I'm out. I'm crossing my fingers because that's I'm really um, really excited to be part of that team. Uh, everyone at Atomic Cartoons is just amazing. Like the post production team, and well, the whole team. My my showrunner uh, Scott Peterson and just Max, the author who's also a producer, and everybody. They're just so cool. Man. Like I, I've if, yeah. I've had so much fun working on that show, and it's all over the place. You've seen it. There's like rock, hip hop, R and B, and then there's big, epic things with a choir. So I'm, I'm always trying to trying to get there as fast as I can. Uh, it's mm -hmm. it's really really a quick <laughs> quick delivery for stuff, but um, it's fun. It's a fun show. I, like I can't complain about anything at all. Why would I? It's just so, such a great. And it and it and it won like a daytime Emmy award and I so saw it, that that's amazing. It was so we were all like really excited uh, throughout. So we're all like ju just waiting. I'm crossing my fingers. So tell them to freaking hurry up. I know, I know. And then <laughs> while I know, and then while I'm auditioning for for uh, for some other animated shows, I've mostly been doing animation stuff for mm -hmm. a, a while now. I kind of love it. I just feel like it was like what I was brought up with. But I love, yeah. It, it just it just feels cool to be to be uh, working on on an animated show, um, and and just to be working in general. Yeah, now is like yeah. I was gonna ask I, you I, about everything shut down and 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 things got complicated with productions and and stuff. But yeah, how did did that affect some of the projects that you were going for? Um, it affected a lot, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously touring went away and yeah. I'm a, you know, normally a touring musician. So, um, I, I was already working on some stuff, uh, pre COVID 
And it really just lined up for me um, that the the schedules of the stuff that I was already working on, but then mm-hmm. also stuff that I had in the pipeline uh, worked out because like, you know, there was one film, like Bad Candy was, uh, they had just finished, finished uh, filming. Yeah. finished filming. So they were going into post. Um, there was, uh, another film that had, that had almost finished filming and they were, they were going to be pushing their, their post-production a little bit. So for me, everything just like fell in line to where I, I haven't had any time off. Like everything is just kind of dominoed all the way through the year. And I'm just like, so incredibly yeah. thankful and it's, it, it's still going. And I've, yeah, I I mean I know that that's not the the norm, and there's been you know so many industries and people that have just been devastated by everything. Mine included. I mean, like I said, you know, touring everything has, everything stopped. Yeah, yeah, touring is gone. So, um, but I'm super thankful that you know I've been able to be constant throughout all this. You know, constantly creating, and you know when I see other people who are in the same boat of just like you know, being able to do stuff at all during all this. It's yeah, it's uh, really you know, a, super, super. There's, there's a lot of gratefulness there uh, just in general and, yeah. um, and being, being thankful about that stuff because uh, yep. yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, weird, difficult time and uh, we're just trying to get through it. And uh, yeah, we've been lucky to, to, to keep doing what, what we love and what we're doing. And, uh, and that's, I think that's a great, place to end today to give you thanks for spending this time with us oh man of course man it's it my pleasure thanks for doing it with our imaginary our imaginary audience that hopefully would be here uh, <laughs> by now um well we're just trying to connect with uh, the people who are who are going to be our our customers and try to share with them uh about about our passion of building tracks and expressing our emotions through through music 100 and it's so so cool to listen to all these all these anecdotes and all these tips from you. And we'll do another one of these. And as soon as I get stuff into contact, I'm building an interface and everything for the instruments. Oh, nice. It's going to be really cool. And I'll send you stuff. I can't wait to see it. And uh, plus we've got a couple of things we can't talk about that we're auditioning for together. You and I. Yeah. So which would be so sick. It would be amazing. But uh, (laughs) yeah, we'll, we'll probably say uh, we'll tell you later on if that happened or not, but that would be amazing. And we'll I also say if it doesn't too, it'll be a fun story if, if it totally falls apart. Of course. And we'll have great <laughs> because it, it, it led to this, right? It led to us having a quick chat and uh, thank you so much. This is amazing. Of course. It's really cool. I mean, I mean, there's so many years of uh, experience with, uh, with you creating music and you sharing this with us is just, it's just great. Man. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Everybody check out Chris Dudley's uh, website at chrisdudleymusic.com. Chris Underoath at Instagram. Uh, thank you, Chris, so much again. And everybody, bye-bye. Boom. Boom. That's an episode, dude. Hell yeah. Thank you, Chris. That was awesome. On our next episode, we're going to have a great composer, arranger, orchestrator, Andrew Morgan-Smith. It's a great talk, so you won't want to miss that one. Great talk, great guy. Just a very cool episode. Every Wednesday, a new episode. As you've probably noticed, some uh, are in English, some are in Spanish, so just bear with me. I get confused. It's okay. But it's all good. Uh, thank you for sharing, for stopping by. Okay. Outro. My name is Marcelo Trevino, and this was El Composer Podcast. Gracias. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for creating, listening to, and or supporting music creators. 
Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.